All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. Your host, Nathan Holritz, here for the second time today, actually, this is the second live stream. And a little bit later than we normally do, you'll notice the room is darker. I don't have as much ambient light coming in the windows at the moment. Um, that is not because I like to live in a dark hole, but we just have a little bit less ambient light. It's later in the day. And uh, you'll understand why here in just a second I'll explain. But before I introduce a brand new guest for today, I want to just remind anybody who is live streaming, and, um, and for those of you, for that matter, that are watching the replay of the live stream, don't be shy, don't be hesitant to comment, to ask questions. And yes, even those that are watching the replay of the live stream after the fact, we'll come in and answer your questions, respond to your comments. Don't be shy, join in the conversation. It's one of the benefits of doing these live streams, certainly. And then for those of you that are listening to the audio version after the fact, as I always say, follow us at Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H Podcast on Instagram, and uh, make sure that you keep up to date with the upcoming live stream schedule. We publish that on Monday every week, and um, you just I'd love for you to come be part of the conversation. So do that, mark it on your calendars, and uh, we'll be set. All right, so I want to introduce a brand new guest today for the show. I'm joined from all the way across the ocean. Let's see, I'm trying to think which direction I should point. Anyway, across the, the ocean West. in Australia. Whereabouts <laughs> are you Are you based in Australia actually right now, Charlotte? I'm in Sydney, so I'm about as close to you as I can get. Okay, fair enough. Well, Charlotte Isaac is here with us from Sydney, Australia. Beautiful accent. And um, you're, you're starting early in the day. I encourage you to drink some extra caffeine before you came on the show. I, I think you made it happen. I did. I absolutely did. It's a two cup day today. <laughs> perfect. Nice perfect. and bright and early. <laughs> well, I'm excited to just bring a little bit of energy to the show today. And um, we're going to be talking about something that, I mean, you know, okay, reality is Charlotte, automation and workflow. It's not the sexiest topic in the world. It's not the one that everybody's screaming from the rooftops in the photography industry. But the reality is that it affects every single one of us photography business owners. The question is what we make of it in the end, right? Like, are we intentional about developing a workflow that enables us not only to build a business, but to do so without getting burnt out? Or are we just kind of letting our business happen to us and we're just wading through the mess and the chaos and the noise? And uh, you're going to talk about a, a principle automation today that enables us to build a more efficient workflow for these purposes. So thanks for being willing to do that. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I know it's not everyone's favorite. I'm uh not under any false pretenses there, but you're right. It's so important. It's something that can make running our business so much more enjoyable. So stick with us. Stick with us. Yeah, we're going to make it fun. We'll make it interesting. <laughs> we are. I, and, and really, I should say Charlotte is. Charlotte's going to bring a lot of information to us today. We've got a lot to cover. So Charlotte, before we get into the conversation about automation and workflow, briefly introduce yourself and your brand to our listeners, if you will. Yeah, of course. So as you said, Nathan, my name is Charlotte Isaac. I am across the pond, although it's a very large pond in Sydney, Australia. And I work with photographers and other creative businesses to help them streamline their client processes, automate them using a really cool tool called Dubsado, which I'm sure some people listening are already using, um, and generally help them find the freedom to grow. So for a lot of people, that looks like taking on more clients with less fuss, spending more time with their families, really whatever you want to do, but have a business you actually enjoy running. And I'm curious, what like what got you into this business in the first place, this brand? I mean, were you a photographer previously? Do you own other businesses? How did you get here? I worked in creative agencies. So advertising, a lot of people would know it as. And I've always worked with creatives. I've never considered myself as a particularly creative person, but I really gel with creative people. Um, and I think I came to understood, understand through the process of working with creatives that 
it's not their favorite, but it is something that's so important. And in big agencies, you get the opportunity to have other people supporting you and making your mm. business function. But as a photographer, you know, it, it's you, it's all you. You're on your own. I know, but it, yeah. it's, yeah, it, it does affect us. And again, we have the mm -hmm. ability to choose to utilize, fortunately in 2022, tools that are user-friendly for the most part and don't cost us a whole lot, especially considering the amount of time that we save using them. And Dub Sadu, you mentioned, is one of those that we're going to talk about mm. for all of the listeners and, and for the viewers as well. I'm going to pull this up on screen. Charlotte, and Charlotte, did you say Isaac? Did, are, are we putting an emphasis on the tail end of the Isaac? You're welcome to say it however you like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mix it up a bit. My husband's South African, so he says Isaac, but you know, however it comes out is fine. Fair enough. All right. So Charlotte, Isaac, or Isaac.com. Um, and just like it sounds for everybody listening in, you can see Charlotte's website there, learn a little bit more, the, the position statement there at the top, there's a system to find freedom. The subtext says, grow your business, reach those wild dreams, create work-life balance along the way. You can also follow Charlotte on Instagram, Charlotte Isaac HQ. We'll link to both of these in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Charlotte, let's talk about the definition, at least as you see it, of automation, especially as it work, relates to workflow for photographers. Yeah, definitely. So when I think about automation, I'm thinking about letting those systems that you mentioned that don't cost us too much a month, letting them take all of the busy work off our plates so that we as business owners can focus on the things that really make an impact. So it might be, and we're going to talk about examples, I know, but you know, silly little things like chasing up invoices, responding to inquiries, the stuff that sucks up so much of our time, mm -hmm. but really we don't need to be doing. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's stuff that has to be done. And mm the question is again how are we actually getting it done are we like putting it off to the last minute i'm super guilty of this kind of thing the stuff that i don't particularly enjoy doing i'm going to push it off because i want to focus on in many cases what are actually more important in the bigger picture but th these little annoying things still have to be done so are we being intentional in the way that we're managing those and utilizing the tools that enable us to get those things done more quickly more efficiently and maybe even behind the scenes without us even having to think about it which is again what we're going to be t talking about today uh, but automation, I mean, is this a, a conversation that comes natural for you or, or did you, was there a certain point in your business career or just in your career in general where you're like, oh my goodness, I need to place a little bit more emphasis on this and maybe I can even teach others how to leverage it. I mean, it was never really what I set out to do, but I think as a person, and it's funny, I think you can always see these things growing up as a kid, the little elements that sneak into our business, our personality traits. I'm not a person that likes doing something again and again. I find that quite frustrating. Uh, my husband will tell you I'm really crap at unpacking the dishwasher. I'll let it sit there because I just <laughs> do not want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it frustrates me. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And mm -hmm. when I started my business, I worked as an operations manager. That's kind of what I was doing in the mm. corporate world. And I realized, you know, a lot of the time people can't necessarily afford an operations manager. They don't quite need one yet. But there still is a need to remove some of this overwhelm and save some time and make their client experience a lot better. So that's where the automation piece came in. And, and I have to throw in here too, and I'd love your take on this. I know you said you're not naturally creative, but I think mm. one of the issues, one of the reasons why the topic's not sexy and people, including myself, I'm guilty of it, have like kind of pushed addressing workflow in a more efficient way aside at times is because, I don't know, there's almost like this innate or subconscious assumption that if they put too much effort and time and energy into workflow and automation, it's going to take away from the art at hand. And the thing that I always say is art and structure are not mutually exclusive. In fact, 
if you put the structure and the systems in place, it actually frees you up to focus even more on the art. At least that's my perspective. What are your thoughts? I 100% agree with you. And, you know, as soon as that came out of my mouth, I hated myself for saying it, that I'm not creative because I think a lot of people are creative in a lot of different ways. And I completely agree with you, Nathan. I think the more structure and space we give ourselves, because that's what we're really buying with automation. Yeah. We're giving ourselves the freedom to be creative and the freedom to treat our clients really well and to show up in your business how you actually want to and, and how it excites you. Well, and that's the cool thing about this conversation. So um, as we have more people joining us here on the live stream, I'm, I'm glad, first of all, to have everybody here. Don't hesitate to say hello, comment, ask questions during this conversation. And Charlotte, we're going to dive into the deep end here and move through a lot of information. I know that when we talk about automation, at least from your perspective, the focus is on three different kind of primary areas. When we're thinking about running a photography mm -hmm. business. How do we automate components of that photography business? not only for efficiency, but ultimately for further growth. And the three that you, you mentioned to us ahead of time were number one, leads, getting leads. Secondly, onboarding, and then third, offboarding. Let's start with leads. You mentioned to me ahead of time, you've got, I think, four specific ways to mm -hmm. automate this process of lead generation. Take us through those, if you will. Yeah, definitely. So before we kind of dive into the four, the thing I would say is what we're trying to do with automation is that we're trying to automate the best possible version of you. So everything we're going to talk about now, it's kind of like if you were your perfect best self and you only had one lead or one client to look after, what would you do about it? So that's kind of why all of these things exist. But and, the and four things, will you explain just a little bit what yeah. you mean by that? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of things, particularly with our lead process, that we would love to do, but we don't necessarily get around to doing. So one of the four things mm. is following up with leads. Okay. I don't know about you, Nathan, but I'm not very good if I don't have my automation helping me there. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So this, I guess what you're saying then is the automation enables your best self. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Definitely. Very good. All right. So let's jump so into the four. I'm going to give you some tips, but don't panic. We're trying to make everything easier for you. So autoresponding to inquiries is the first one for sure. So even if it's to go out to your leads and say, hey, thanks for reaching out. I'm busy shooting, I'm doing this, I'll get back to you in two days, just to give them some comfort that you're actually there, you're a real life business owner, you're active, they don't have to reach out to somebody else, they can wait for you to get back to them. That's the first one. Second one is something called a services guide. Have you ever used something like this, Nathan? Um, explain a little bit what you mean by it. So I really love services guides as like a, PDF or a hidden page on your website or something yeah. that you can send out. Yeah. Awesome. Just to kind of back up why you're amazing. Give more testimonials. People skim websites. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. think, I think the website copywriters out there would love people to not know that. Yeah. It's like, like we only write for Google it. anymore. We're not actually writing for the customers because they're just kind of like, you're right. They're just skimming over stuff. But, but I, I guess it kind of begs Definitely. the question though, if they're skimming over the website, are they actually going to read the service guide? I think Often it's the same information, but we're just giving it back to them. And I like to phrase okay. it as like a, hey, while you're waiting to chat to me, give this thing a read. It might answer some of your questions. You know, it, it can tackle things like your pricing, your process, you know, all of these kind of things and really showing why you're the photographer for them. So that's why I love them. And that can definitely be automated too. Okay, very good. So I'm, so far, and I'm going to come back and ask a question or two after you share these four, but so far, auto-responding to inquiries um, setting mm -hmm. out a service guide. You can automate that process. What's number three? Yeah. Next one would be sending them a scheduler so they can book a call with you. So a lot of photographers I know do like a discovery call or a fit call. We can get people to add that to your calendar without even talking to you. So send them out. Hey, if this all sounds good in the services guide, book a time. Let's talk. Let's meet up and see whether we're a good fit. 
Okay, so and and I'm I'm trying to quickly take notes here. I have the worst handwriting. Do you have Do you have good handwriting? Terrible. Terrible. It's gotten worse. <laughs> I I mean I I tend to work with digital tools, and for whatever reason, I guess it just kind of makes sense when I do my interviews, especially if I've done them in person. The last thing I want is to be like staring at my phone or typing furiously on my computer while I'm having doing an interview. So I, I've moved to these notebooks, but I'm man, I'm, I'm a terrible writer because I don't write very often. And then when I do write and I write fast, it's even worse. So I'm trying to furiously scribble the notes here as you're talking about. But number three, you said set a schedule for kind of an exploratory call, right? Just a time to, to connect yeah. with the client via conversation. Exactly. And I know a lot of people use like Calendly or Acuity or Dubsado awesome. has one built in it. But oh, you it know, does. getting okay, them cool. together on your calendar. It does, absolutely. So you might say, look, I do these on Mondays because I never shoot on Mondays. And we're just opening up those slots for people to get in there. And then best case scenario, you open your inbox, a leads come through, they've been sent all this information, and then they're just dealt with. You're like, cool, I'm meeting them on Monday. I don't have to do anything now. That's brilliant. And, and we're going to come back to this. You know, it's it's a funny thing. We've talked about Dubsado already, and you've made it clear that that you, you work with Dubsado. It's it's a funny thing in the, at least the photography industry. It's probably this way in other industries as well. When when photographers, and maybe I'm projecting because this is how I feel, but when, when photographers start to hear somebody talking about a company, they're like, oh, we're just going to get a commercial here. I love that already you, you're sharing very practical information and that's the primary goal for the conversation today. Um, but what I was getting ready to, to come to is that, that Dub Sato, the fact that it actually has the scheduling feature built in, I, I didn't know that ahead of our conversation, I think mm. is really great because you know the thing about buying into various tools that are available for photographers is that in some cases, if not many, um, there, there's, we end up in a situation where we have to buy like two or three different tools in order to get it all done. And I, for me, I like simplicity in my life and my business. And the way that I define simplicity is few moving parts, minimal number of moving parts. Because as you said, as sole proprietors, we have so much to juggle already. So if I now have to go to three different pieces of software to get something done, it's, it's more, my life is more complicated. My business is more complicated. It's easier to get stressed out, et cetera. So that was a long way of saying, I think it's very cool that Dubsado actually has that scheduling tool built into it. In addition to all the other things, and I know we're going to talk more about it, but I think that's a really cool thing. I've saved hours and hours and hours. And I mean, who knows how many hours over the last number of years using Calendly, you mentioned Calendly mm -hmm. and, but it's a standalone tool, right? It's not built into a CRM. Yeah. So to have that built in is awesome. All right. That was a really long winded way of saying that's yeah. a cool feature. <laughs> it is. And you can go and apply all of these things we're talking about to different tools. If you're using HoneyBook or 17 Hats or, or anything else, the, the stuff we're talking about definitely applies to all sorts of CRMs. Dubsado is the one I love, I but appreciate it's not that. a commercial. Yeah, no, I, I truly appreciate that. And we have a comment from YouTube. Greetings from Mesa, Arizona. Thanks so much for chiming in. And for the rest of you that are live streaming as well, don't hesitate to not only say hi, but ask questions along the way, whether it relates specifically to Dubsado or just workflow and automation in general. Uh, oh, we got Sue saying hi from Sun Valley. Awesome. Yeah, y'all are talking tonight. That's good. Don't be shy. So, um, Charlotte, I think you were going to share a fourth item here mm. that we can automate in the lead gen process. What is that? Definitely. So I sneak peeked it before, but that's our follow-ups. And I am the first to admit, as I said, that I would be terrible at following up with leads if I didn't have something kind of reminding me to do it. So a lot of the time people will reach out, they'll get your reply, particularly if we don't reply straight away. And, you know, let it sit in their inbox for a little bit. Maybe they were in the school pickup line when they reached out to you or they were doing something else. So having a mechanism to follow up if they don't keep moving through the process is really, really helpful. Yeah, it's 
again, it seems we're talking about it ad nauseum, but th th we have so much to keep up with, right? And we're not even, mm -hmm. that's not even including our personal lives. Then we have, we were talking about kids before, and <laughs> we've got family and kids and all these other responsibilities on top of it. So to juggle all of that, it's very easy to forget something. And so just Definitely. to have those reminders built in, um, or the, the automation rather built in to help us either to remind us and or to actually get the work done for us because we happen to forget it um, is, is really, really helpful. Whitney says, hello, she's on Facebook. Hi from West Texas, excited to catch one live. Whitney, thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, again, I, I love the engagement. Y'all don't be shy, ask questions, comment. One quick question before we go from the lead gen process to the onboarding, pro or excuse me, the am I getting that right? Yeah. Proposal onboarding process. Yeah. I didn't have it memorized. Um, and that has to do with, and I guess really it's relevant to all areas that we're talking about with automation tonight. We want to minimize the sense that you're getting a robot responding to you, right? We, we, are, we need to leverage automation for the sake of our sanity and ultimately scaling our business efforts. But we need to also make sure that we're not treating or engaging, treating somebody or engaging with them in such a way that comes off just robotic and repetitive. Do you have a, a tip or trick for that? Like I, I'm going all the way back to auto responding to inquiries. That's that first impression. And yeah. is there a way that photographers can write those emails in a very personal voice so it doesn't come off robotically? Definitely. So I think that email is a, is a little bit of a different case than all of the other ones. In my auto response, I straight up say something like, hey, I don't want you to have to wait for me. I'm not in my inbox 24 seven. Here's everything you probably need to get started. I know I'm gonna be excited to chat to you, but if you wanna chat to me quickly, here's this guide, here's a scheduler so you can book a call with me and I'm excited to meet you. And then for all of your other emails, think about you writing to a client that you really, really love. Like we've all got a client we can think back on and think, damn, they were really cool. So write all of your emails to that person. Yeah. I this is, I've mentioned this, I think in the podcast before, but whether I'm texting or writing an email, maybe even I will actually smile because I'm, it's almost like I'm, I'm trying to it'd be funny. Like if somebody was watching me text, whoever, a friend, family member, or otherwise they would see me smiling and be like, what in the world is going on with that guy? Or maybe, I don't know, maybe he would leave, make a really good impression. Like, Oh, that, that guy's happy. But I, I literally will smile as I'm writing something because I want to, I'm thinking about the impression that I'm making on that person when they receive that text. I'm obsessive about emojis, largely for that reason. I want to communicate a certain level of emotion mm. through that text conversation. I realize it's convenient, it's easy. We're all used to the idea of text communication, but we also have to be intentional as a result. And so when you talk about using your voice, thinking about how you would communicate normally, I think that's really important to actually think about that. Like hear that tone of voice in your head that you use when you're the most excited to see your favorite person in the world and figure out a way to write like that. That's what we need to do. Definitely. And I think that's one of the pros of using templates too. Like if you're replying and you've got to shoot in an hour and you've got to hop in your car in a half hour and you see this lead comes through and you're like, oh, I want to reply to them quickly because I want them to know that I'm excited about it. But also I haven't got much time. You're probably not going to actually write the best response to them. You're going to be like, oh, oh, hi, Nathan. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's book a time to chat. And like, um, yeah, I'm really excited. This sounds cool. That's, but that's such a great point. I've never thought about it that way. That's a really great point. You're right. As much as a templated email can come off robotic if it's not written well. Yeah. It also, in a situation like that where we don't have a lot of time, can, can actually make a really big difference in making a good impression. So I, I like that. That's Definitely. a positive spin on it. Everybody listening and it watching, is. please be intentional in the way that you're writing those emails, though, because it, it really makes all the difference in the world. Just think about, um, I, I don't know, I think about it, for example, Charlotte, when I go to the grocery store, 
when I walk up to somebody who at, at the checkout counter and, and they're checking me out, they're so used to people just coming in like head down on their phone, maybe earbuds in, whatever, and not engaging with them. And, and I not only engage with them, but call them by their name. I see the name on their tag and I call them by their name and engage with them. It's, it's the coolest thing in the world to see even a, a little bit of a light in their eyes when they respond like, oh my goodness, this person's actually paying attention to me. Again, I think we should take that level of intention to these conversations just to make sure that we don't come off robotically, that we're not just kind of blowing by this you know, yet another number in our inbox. I think it's really mm. important. Absolutely. I mean, there's the saying, people always remember how you made them feel. And I think yes. we want to remember that through all the automation. Yeah. It's all about helping you make your clients feel better. It's not about just saving you time. It has to do both. Otherwise, mm. what's the point, frankly? Is there a way, though, that this is the curious thing, to, to like build in your accent into your emails because your emails would just sound cooler <laughs> with your accent. I think it'd be awesome. I love it. There's a lot of my students will put like gifts and cool things in their okay. emails. So like you can, you can do great things Figure to jazz them up. Yeah. I mean, who knows? You might have to invent something for us all. <laughs> <laughs> well, Whitney, on, there's on another Facebook. project for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, yet another one. Um, Whitney says that jasper.ai has been super helpful for me to write copy in a certain tone. Mm. That's really interesting. Are you familiar with that platform, Charlotte? I've been getting served so many ads for it. I'll have to have a look at it, Whitney. Yeah, and maybe as you have time, or if you have time during the conversation, just let us know how the AI tool is helping you with tone, because that's interesting. I know that there are AI tools, and I've, I've gotten fed ads as well, Charlotte, uh, for AI writing tools, but the idea that it's actually helping generate tone is a, is a different kind of take or angle on it. That's very interesting. Um, we'll keep the conversation yeah. going in the meantime, though. So we, we, we've talked about lead gen. Anybody who's taking notes, uh, old school, auto-responding, we can use automation in the lead gen process for auto-responding to inquiries, number one. Number two, to send a service guide. Number three, to send a scheduler for a, a follow-up call, an exploratory call. And then number four, to actually follow up in response to those potential leads. That's really important. That's the lead gen process. Let's get to kind of the proposal, the onboarding process. Take us through those key ways. I think you mentioned to me five ahead of time um, that we can yeah. use automation in that process. So I'm going to tackle the first three together, because if you do use Dubsado, and again, I don't want to turn this into a Dubsado infomercial, please use whatever tool feels good to you, but proposal, contract, and invoice. And the reason I'm looping those three together is because if you use something like Dubsado, it can actually put the three things together in little tabs for your clients to go through. So you might have a couple of different versions of proposals, example, if you offer wedding photography and elopements or engagement shoots or something like that. So your clients can go through, choose the package that's the best fit for them. Maybe you've got add-ons that they can add on. They can accept it. They can go to your contract, automatically sign it without you having to do anything to prepare it, wow. and then go across to your invoice. <laughs> your mind looks blown, Nathan. It's well, I mean, <laughs> I'm again, loving it. The idea of being in one place, and 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 somebody might be like, Nate's totally putting on a show for the sake of the conversation, but I, I, I don't. I'm not super familiar with Dubsado, so um, just mm -hmm. to hear again the idea that so much of this is built into one place that I can come to one place and, and get all of this done, I think is, is huge. And you know, it's Charlotte, I love your kind of objectivity and saying, use the platform that you're comfortable with. But I think there's also something to be said for, and I don't know, tell me your experience on this. I know that if, if I'm, if I'm trying to make a decision about something and I'm looking to an outside source, a third party, a podcast, a, an online search, whatever it might be, an expert of some kind, to help me make that decision. If somebody can come to me and say, hey, look, I understand your, your questions. I understand your apprehensions. I also understand what it is you're trying to accomplish. And here's the best option because dot, dot, dot. It gives me logical breakdown. I'll just be like, sold. 
you know, and, and maybe that's a little bit of CEO mentality mm -hmm. where I only have so much time to make decisions. So if somebody's doing the work and helping me make that decision, I'm going to delegate that to them in essence. So don't be shy to talk about Dubsado. We already know that you've got such a great heart and you're not trying to, to you know, force this on anybody. But I think it's well, great that we've got a, a, a platform like this that, that has all of this built in. Okay, so we start by looping together the contract, the proposal, the invoice. And is this yeah. all built onto one kind of one screen or is it step by step in Dubsado? Yeah, it kind of looks like three tabs that they've got. So they've got the proposal first, client can go through and read everything, choose your package options if you've got a couple of different kind of coverage, for example. Okay. Um, they'll press the submit button at the bottom, it will automatically take them to the next tab, which will be their contract. Um, it can pre-fill, you know, their name, their address, any other info that you're bringing into that one. Um, once they accept the contract, they can then be taken to the invoice automatically and you can connect it up with Stripe or PayPal or Square and they can make that deposit payment straight away. So I don't know about you, I'm pretty big on getting deposits before anyone's locked in. Yes, please give me the money, yes. show me the money. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, so it just makes it really easy to keep on top of that process cool. without having to you know, chase checks or you know, transfers or Venmos, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're starting with looping together the contract proposal invoice process, the payment process mm -hmm. as well. Um, take us yeah. to the second step. So next up, we want to welcome them. So whatever that looks like for you, but having something that goes out. And again, I think this email is okay to sound automated. So say, hey, it's official. We've got your payment contract signed. You're officially booked in. Here's what you need to do next. So you might have a questionnaire in there. You might just say, I'm going to be in touch with you in a few weeks. You might talk about what the process looks like, whatever it is, but something to make your clients feel really pumped up and excited about working with you. And also a little bit relieved because I don't know about you, but I think we've become the online shopping generation where we want everything instantaneously. Like I order something, I'd love it to be on my doorstep tomorrow. Yeah. Um, we're just used to getting confirmation emails for everything. So kind of treat it the same way. That's it. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, it, you're right. Especially even even just as simple as like, I'll go to place an order for something on Amazon mm -hmm. and you any kind of confirmation just lets you know that you got the thing done. You can take a little mm -hmm. bit of a breather and, and move on, especially you know, in the context of the thinking about wedding photography, for example, the amount of money that you're spending mm -hmm. as well. You just want to make sure that the money actually went through and it's in the right place. Yeah. And yes, I got the date. And yeah, so that's good. Okay, so Definitely. that welcome communication. And then how about the third step? Uh, so the first three were all bunched in. So that was number four, the welcome. Oh, okay. And then the last one, sorry, I, I hit you with three in a row. <laughs> just That's to good. No, keep, keep going. It's all right. <laughs> so the fifth one, the last one is some kind of check-in or FAQs. I know the other thing that takes photographers a lot of time is, is answering questions as we get closer to either a shoot or an event, if it's a wedding or something like that. So, you know, what to wear, where you'll meet them, what to bring, um, you know, any kind of questions you commonly get from your clients, we want to put something in your process and your automation so that those are asked before your clients are asking them. And so that's, we're talking about expectations management. Is that prior mm -hmm. to the session or prior to the event that it's going to be photographed? Yeah, definitely. A lot of people would do this like two or three weeks out. Um, if you're a wedding photographer, it might look like a longer process where maybe your expectations management is sending them some kind of questionnaire to gather information about kind of which family members are really important to be in the photos. What does your timeline look like? All of these kind of things. So basically anything that would help you prepare for the type of photography that you're doing. I know that's very broad. Well, no, but I mean, generally speaking, I think all photographers and, and business owners in general, myself included, need that regular reminder about proactively managing expectations. Mm. Um, I, that's actually one of the biggest things that we've challenges that we faced at Photographers Edit over the years is we're, we're bringing a photographer on. A photographer says, 
yes, okay, I'm ready to start outsourcing. I'm going to give it a shot. And they don't have their expectations managed. If they don't know exactly what that process looks like, there's a good chance that they're going to get disappointed in the process. Not because our team isn't able to deliver, but just because they didn't know what the process looks like, the things that they need to do, how to communicate what it is they want, et cetera. And as a result, then they end up with a finished product that, again, has nothing to do with our team's ability, just has everything to do with the process that they didn't understand to begin with. And ultimately, that's on us, right? So one mm -hmm. of the things that we've done on an ongoing basis is to continue to refine our communication process to proactively manage expectations. And I think that's super important at all levels of business. Just a photographer just getting started out, a company with you know millions um, and thousands of customers. I think it's it's really important to keep that in mind. So it's a good reminder. I'm just looking back through my list again. So first of all, in this process of onboarding the proposal management, we loop together the contract, the proposal, the invoice, um, and then as you said, those are the first three. Number four, welcome communication, and uh, and then number five is a, a check-in or FAQ expectations management. One quick question before yeah. we we get to the the offboarding process, we'll call it. When it comes to contracts, is that something that you all generate or do photographers need to bring those from their attorneys? What does that look like? I probably would work, recommend working with an attorney to, okay. to use one. I think particularly, um, I mean, this is gonna sound very Australian. I, I, I hear a lot of things about the law in the States and I think you know there's so much state by state differences. So yeah. Dubsado has some sample contracts in there and I know a bunch of people use that to start with. Okay. Um, if you can, I think particularly the last couple of years have taught us that having a really solid watertight contract is super important to protect yourself. 100%. So then a photographer is able to bring that and just upload that into their account mm -hmm. so it's able to, to be used regularly? Yeah, Okay. absolutely. So it's the same as plugging it into like HelloSign or something like that. You'll copy and paste everything. Mm. Um, you know, if there's a spot for the first name, you'll plug mm -hmm. in what's called a smart field where it'll mm -hmm. pull in the client's first name and the client's last name and the client's address and, you know, the package they've chosen, the price. Um, you can have your payment terms in there, all of that kind of stuff. Okay. Very good. That's that's good to know. And by the way, Whitney mm -hmm. um, came back and she said that you can tell uh, Jasper.ai what tone to write in, which is a really cool feature. Um, I had no cool. idea about that. So just a little uh, promo there for Jasper. I, I, have, I have no idea, by the way. I've not used Jasper before, so this is not a commercial for Jasper, but that's kind of a cool feature to be able to actually do something like that. And um, again, we're looking for opportunities to leverage technology, ultimately, that is relatively inexpensive to help mm -hmm. automate our workflows. So that might come in handy. And um, yeah, so let's, let's go ahead and jump then to the third section here. And mm -hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about the offboarding process. How would you define... Offboarding. We talked about onboarding. It's pretty obvious. What does the offboarding process mean? Offboarding, I generally think about it as after a shoot for photographers. So um, we're going to look at your editing process, um, not necessarily the process of editing, but how you deliver edited images or a gallery. Um, you know, basically how you make your clients feel really good after you've done the work, so to speak. Okay. So after the shoot, fair enough. Um, and mm -hmm. well, let's just kind of jump right into it. I think you said you've got, yeah. what is it, four different items or three different items here? I think we've got three of them here. Okay. Cool. So the first one leans really nicely, what we were talking about. A thing I hear from photographers all the time is that they'll get a message from someone like the day after the shoot being like, great, when are my images ready? I'm like so excited to share <laughs> them on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're like, yes, I know. Well, and that, so, I, I was going to say that that might actually um, encourage photographers to thinking into about expectations management too, to make sure that that's definitely. communicated clearly ahead of time. But to your earlier point, 
information can get missed or kind of scanned over or skimmed over. So it's- We it's forget, a, they're excited about mm -hmm. it. Like they're just so pumped up and they're like, I just want to see these things. And you know, it was in your contract and it was in your proposal, but that might've been a long time ago. So the first one is an email to thank them, tell them that you loved working with them, you know, meeting their family, whatever it was, and then remind them of that editing timeframe. So that again, expectations management, they know what to expect and then we can over deliver potentially. Okay. So email of thanks and delivery time frame is how I'm taking notes here. Yeah. Shorthand <laughs> of sorts. Good summary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's good. Okay. Then what's the second step? The next one I want everyone to do is start asking for a review or a testimonial. Uh, so many of us feel awkward about it. And if you feel awkward about it, like I totally get it. It's a hard thing to ask for. But yeah. again, put some love into that template, write it once and mm. then just have your system, send it out. Again and again, you don't have to think about it, but testimonials just make such a difference in people deciding to work with someone. So please ask for them. What do you What do you think that is? I'm I'm actually just earlier I was working on this, but I'm in the process right now mm -hmm. of of um, getting ready to send some emails out uh, just to to make a request. And I never make a request. Mm -hmm. I've spent years and years in the industry, constantly giving, creating content, teaching, etc., and I rarely make a request. Um, I barely even talk about my own mm -hmm. company. You know, I, people are like, yeah, you should be actually selling <laughs> photographers edit more. Uh, but I just don't, I'm not used to making requests and it makes me a little bit uncomfortable to ask somebody for something. What do you think that is, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to something like a review? Can you please say something nice about me? What, what do you think that is? It's so awkward. I don't know what it is. I seem to work with a lot of introverts and so I'm very introverted. I mm -hmm. really, really get it. I have always felt awkward about this. But someone told me something once, and I think it's not like I'm a TED talk or something. I should look it up. But apparently asking people for something is quite endearing. I don't know if I believe this, but people, <laughs> like, <laughs> people like to help people, I guess, is what the crux of it. Oh, like, interesting. You know, I, I feel really flattered when someone asks me for something. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, I'll do that for you. Like, you know, it's quite a positive thing. And I think often mm. we're like, oh, I'm going to ask them to take five minutes to write. Yeah. something and it's not even going to take them five minutes but we think we're asking them for this huge chore but when we've enjoyed working with someone we love shouting them out like i love telling people about vendors that i've worked with in the past that i love like that just makes me so happy um and i think you know we forget that huh that's it's a good reminder heads, i guess <laughs> people yeah i mean i can understand if we're emailing a celebrity who is constantly bombarded with communication you know yeah. that might be a different conversation because you're like oh, they probably don't want to hear from yet another person but yeah generally speaking that that's actually I, again i love the positive spin on it maybe somebody actually does want to say something nice they're glad to help <laughs> I, I like that okay I I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna channel that thought process as i continue my project as well but Email of thanks, a delivery time frame, mm -hmm. and then um, a request for the review. Is that the second step? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is absolutely. And then the next one that I would love everyone to think about is some sort of longer term check in with them. So it's mm. going to depend what type of photography service you offer, but it could be wishing them a happy anniversary, asking them how they're going, how their family's going, but something to stay top of mind and show that you still care about them. Because again, if we take it back to what I said at the very beginning, we kind of want to treat your automation as if what you would do yourself if you only had one client and you would probably check in on them and you would see how they're going. So it's a nice thing to do. And it also is a great way of getting more referrals, getting more repeat clients, all that kind of stuff. I like that. Yeah. And, and making that as personal as possible too. So that it feels like a, a, a genuine and, and, and not that it's not a genuine outreach, but we want it to feel as genuine as possible, despite the fact that it may have been kind of scheduled to, to be automated. 
Um, yeah. I, by the way, I yeah. love the Australian phrase, how are you going? Because you know, here in the States, <laughs> you, you would say, how are you doing? And in mm -hmm. Australia, a lot of times you hear, how's it going or how are you going? and how they're going. Yeah. I, I think that's cool. I, I spent a little bit of time in Australia. I visited twice, actually. Um, I was on the, oh, nice. let's see, the Eastern Coast. Uh, went mm -hmm. to uh, Brisbane. I flew into Brisbane and then went to Sunshine Coast and spent some time nice. there. Absolutely lovely time and, and, and lovely, lovely people. Just like so laid back and so nice and, and it was great. But the thing that I took away from that, this is like 10 years ago, maybe more. I still say no worries all the time, like way more than the average American, I'm, I'm sure. But I say no worries. And I think it's a great phrase. It's like, oh, no worries, no worries. But that was something that I, that I heard quite I a bit it. while I was there. We do say that a lot. There's this little meme going around at the moment, how we all say no worries, even when we've got lots of worries, like in the middle of COVID, oh, no, yeah. worries. no worries, good. no worries. I love it. Yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant phrase. Okay. That was, that was a quick aside. So we're number one, starting with an email in this, in this, um, offboarding mm -hmm. process we're calling it, but after the shoot email of thanks and, and delivery timeframe, uh, as one step, mm -hmm. the second step, a request for a review and making it easy for them to, by the way, to do that, linking them to wherever they need to go, or just asking for the text and you can post it. Uh, but, and then number three, one more time. Uh, checking in with them long-term. Just the so long-term check-in. Asking yeah. how they are. Okay. Yeah, basically. I'm, I'm... And something we haven't covered with Dubsado, I know we talked a lot about how do we make this feel personal and writing mm. to ideal clients and things like that. There is something that we can do that basically gets Dubsado to check with you before it sends out an email. So it's called requires approval. It's just a little checkbox we'll have on. And so it kind of says to oh. Dubsado, Look, before you send this email, just check with me that it's okay. And then you can jump in there That's and say, smart. hey, I, I saw you, you know, you guys went to Hawaii a few months ago. How was that? Or you can add a little bit of something in there. Yeah. Um, everyone should go on a holiday. <laughs> so just make it sound like Personalize you're it. actually talking to them. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. It's a good theme that we have running on, on this. We need to make sure that, that these mm. communications are very much personalized. And on that note, let's just, um, be, as we're finishing up here, and there was a question on, on YouTube. My apologies if this is already mentioned, but is there a particular service that can provide this exact mm. type of online contract booking service? And of course, we are talking about Dubsado. We're highlighting Dubsado th um, this evening or morning, depending where you're at. And I'm going to actually <laughs> pop this up on screen. Charlotte, will you just kind of briefly walk our listeners through, um, I mean, sum up, first of all, kind of the value proposition of, of Dubsado, if you will, and then just briefly sum up the getting started process with, with the brand. Definitely. So Dubsado is a CRM or client relationship management software. And the beauty of it, as you actually said before, was it has everything in one place. So emailing our clients, proposal, contract, invoice, all these follow-ups, questionnaires, um, scheduling. It's got so many things built in. So basically anything that you would want to do to look after your client from start to finish. So the moment they reach out from your website, right up until, you know, you've done the shoot, you've delivered their gallery. Gallery is probably the only thing it doesn't have um, built in there for photographers. Still okay. need to use what you're using for that. Um, but it can look after them through the whole journey. Good. And, and yeah, I had this up on screen, but for anybody who's not watching the live stream, Dubsado, D-U-B-S-A-D-O.com is the website. Of course, we'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. And um, by the way, just to be clear again, I, I'm not being paid to talk about Dubsado here. I, this is an opportunity for Charlotte, obviously, to share her expertise and workflow. And Dubsado is a tool that she specializes in. And I think, I mean, first of all, just looking at the homepage here, the, the position statement of sorts, more business, less busy work. And the subtext says Dubsado helps you your business stay in motion, build relationships, schedule appointments, and create workflows to streamline your projects from start to finish. 
pretty great summation um, of the value proposition there. And then scrolling down just a little bit more, one platform, all the tools you need, and it talks about customizable form templates, send invoices and get paid, personal or personable automation, interactive client portraits, built-in scheduler, uh, just to name at least some of the few. So there's a lot there. Of course, we'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Anything you want to add to that, Charlotte, here as we're finishing up? Uh, I didn't answer the other part of your question, actually, but that was how to get started and whether you I'm use sorry, a tool yeah. like Dubsado. No, no, that's all right. I I went off on a tangent. Go ahead. Um, but, you know, I think no matter whether you use Dubsado or something else, the thing that I would encourage you to do to make everything personal, that's kind of become the theme of our chat today, is to be really intentional about it. And before you even sign up for Dubsado or another tool, sit down and write out your workflow from start to finish. So we've given you a few tips in each of those categories being leads and proposal and onboarding and offboarding, but think about what else needs to go into your process and what else you need to communicate and come up with a really streamlined process and timing for all of those steps. And that is gonna make using a software so, so much easier. Okay, what you said is is gold, absolute gold is so true, but the, the big caveat, and I'm hearing photographers screaming in the background, I don't even know, like, I, I don't even know. I don't have the answers to those mm -hmm. questions, those ideas that you just talked about. It, does Dubsado help with that process? Is, that, is there some kind of like a pre-onboarding tool maybe that, that mm -hmm. they can reference to know <laughs> what information they need to put together? Because you make a great point, seriously. And anytime we begin to use a system, if we don't know what it is that we're trying to achieve with that system or what it is that we want, Again, I talk about photographers edit in this, this mm. context. A photographer goes to outsource their editing. If they're not clear about what editing style they want out of that, that service, they're going to be frustrated because they're going to get something back and they're like, oh, no, that's, that's not what I wanted. And then they send another order. No, yeah. that's not what I wanted. If you're not clear about what it is that you want up front, you're going to be frustrated using pretty much any service, right? So Absolutely. how can the photographer establish that kind of clarity that you're talking about if they don't really have a point of reference or a frame of reference? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is that one, you absolutely do. You are so capable. You've got your workflow in your head. Like just trust yourself a little bit. You do know what you're doing and, and you are the expert of your own process is something I'm always telling my students. Um, <clears throat> I do have a free resource, Nathan. Is it okay if I share that? Please. Yeah, please do. Because I think that might be a helpful starting point. Okay. Um, so I'll pop it up on my website at charlotteisaac.com. But it's a free mini course it's called Seven Steps to Automation, and it'll walk you through some questions to ask yourself to dig all of this information out of your mind. Perfect. And I, as you were talking there, I was actually pulling this up. So if it's okay, I've got it up here on screen. What would yeah. you do with four plus extra hours a week? What about more? Set up your first systems to save that kind of time. And um, so again, we'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. For anybody who's listening though and wants to go there, um, it is one more time, charlotteisaac.com slash boca. Yeah, that is absolutely right, Nathan. Perfect. Um, so hopefully it's got a few extra things. It, it kind of extends across what we've talked about today and breaking down all of the steps for those three processes. Um, but don't, don't kind of second guess yourself here. You really are the expert of running your own business. And as I've said a few times now, we just want to take what you're already doing really well and amplify that. And there might be a few gaps to fill in, um, but please don't beat yourself up as part of this process. <laughs> That's elastic. We have enough that we're beating ourselves up about already. <laughs> we don't need to, to add more to that. Um, Charlotte, you also, do I understand right that you also offer some coaching consulting for photographers with workflows? Is that right? I do, absolutely. So I've got a program called eSeekers. We've got a live version of it. I have a evergreen version coming soon, but if that's something you want to check out, it's on my website as well. 
Cool. And we've got that pulled up here, charlotteisaac.com, just like it sounds. We'll link to that, of course, in the show notes as well. Charlotte, um, first of all, I love your energy. You brought wonderful energy, despite it being so early where you're at. Um, and this has been super informative too. I, I, really practical for our listeners. I appreciate you sharing. We'll link to all the resources in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Thanks once again for making time for all of us. Thank you so much, Nathan.